When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Well, the award for the most awkward press conference of 2023 so far goes to the Baltimore Ravens. This is Canty and Carlin. ESPN Radio, ESPN app. We're presented by Progressive. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. I am in Cleveland, Ohio. Sports Center anchor Randy Scott is here. Randy, the Ravens trying to control the narrative. Uh, only draft questions at Eric DaCosta's press conference yesterday. Don't you dare mention <laughs> the name Lamar Jackson if you're reporting on the Baltimore Ravens. We're here to talk draft and draft alone. It was Jamison Hensley, our own ESPN Ravens reporter, who who broke that code, cracked that code, and I just don't see how you know if you're if you're approaching draft need or just your best available, or if you have your top you know thirty one as Eric Acosta, uh, Eric Acosta seemed to indicate. Uh, I don't know how you can do that without addressing the players that could be uh, replaced or or you know backfilled, so to speak. So if you say you have a quarterback as DaCosta did in your top 31, then we have to talk. It opens the door, right? If this yeah. were a legal if this were a legal case, we'd say uh, in discovery that the door has been opened to the current quarterback, and that's exactly what it is. Listen, if you're going to do media availability with the general manager, the media can ask whatever questions the media wants. If you're going to try to dictate that that's what the team reporter that works for BaltimoreRavens.com is for. Yeah. If you're if you're going to have ESPN reporters in there, they're going to ask what everybody cares about, which isn't what you're going to do with your draft pick unless your draft pick is drafting a quarterback because the most fascinating question in the entire league right now is what's going to end up happening with Lamar. And Randy, I think the first tip-off that Lamar could be somewhere else other than Baltimore would be if and when the Ravens were seriously pursuing another quarterback of any kind, right? Yeah, I, I think if you look at the two who are on their roster right now, it's Anthony Brown, and one of them is one of them is a, a Pro Bowl quarterback, and Tyler Huntley, uh, loopholes notwithstanding. But those are the two <laughs> quarterbacks. Those are the two quarterbacks on the roster. Lamar it says Jackson. more about the Pro Bowl than it does about Tyler Huntley, by the way. <laughs> Lavar Jackson has the non-exclusive franchise tag. That'll be that'll be sorted out, but that won't happen before the draft. That'll happen uh, by mid-July, right? By July 17th. So if there is value and you are assessing this situation and you know that a quarterback on a rookie contract is far more cost-efficient than what Lamar Jackson would command, it's perhaps due diligence just on behalf of the of the organization to go ahead and, and, and kick the tires. We had Diana Rossini on SportsCenter this morning, yeah. and she said the mere the mere fact that they have openly from a Baltimore Ravens scouting department in front office have openly addressed this question mm-hmm. flies in the face of every quarterback draft that they have had, every draft period that they've had since they took Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Well, look, I think in order to be practical for them, they have to, because the, other than Lamar in this situation, their roster is relatively ready to win. Yeah, the rookie would be less expensive, but Randy would be less expensive for a reason. Like Lamar 
is worth what Lamar is worth because, and I know nobody wants to talk about this, and everybody just wants to talk about, I don't know, his injury history and his playoff record. Lamar Jackson is really, really good. He is definitely one of the best players in the NFL. And the fact that nobody wants him right now is utterly bizarre. Eric DaCosta is the GM of the Ravens. He was asked, here we go, how do you view the quarterbacks in this draft? Take a listen. Are you looking at quarterbacks differently because of the situation's playing? Yeah, you know, I don't think we really are. I mean, we go into every draft trying to take any kind of bias out, any kind of need-based situation out of the draft equation. We really do try to build a board that's really best player available. And DaCosta, would they consider drafting a quarterback in the first round? Take a listen. It depends on the board. It really does. I mean, I'd have to say yes because we have uh, quarterbacks in our top 31. So just based on that alone, simple math, I would have to say yes. He's trying to avoid making a headline there, but one way they can get leverage back is to say, okay, Lamar, you don't want to sign that, that the, uh, franchise tag then we're just going to have to plan on going ahead and going on without you. And our only real mechanism, I mean, unless we're going to sign Carson Wentz, our only real mechanism of acquiring another quarterback at this point is to go ahead and try to pluck one out of the draft. What do you, what do you see them? What do you see them doing? I, I, you know, you being in Cleveland, obviously I, I would think the Browns want him as far from that division as possible. Hell uh, yes. But what do you what do you realistically see him doing? Oh, my, because- my advice for the Ravens is to get rid of Lamar as soon as humanly possible. <laughs> I think he's as someone who wants the Browns to do well, I think they should try to ship him to the <laughs> NFC West. That's what the Browns are rooting for. I mean, look, the best thing about the Watson contract, Randy, so far is that it has caused all this acrimony between Lamar and the Ravens. Yeah. Watson hasn't played well for the Browns yet. He hasn't done anything good for the Browns yet, except for caused a major division between the Ravens and their franchise quarterback. (laughs) Um, What what do I see the Ravens doing? They screwed up, Randy. They should have offered him the full dollar value of the tag, and then I bet eventually he'd have signed it. But because they did this different franchise tag for only, only $32 million, I think it's opening up the possibility that eventually this is going to get very ugly. Hold out, not showing up in training camp, and and ultimately the risk of him. Remember Watson to get his money. He, he sat out a year. Now he got paid and Lamar wouldn't, but he went a full year of an NFL calendar without playing a down of football and throwing over on the side in Houston. So uh, it, it doesn't appear that another team is ready to swoop in and grab Lamar, which I think is insane that no one's interested in doing that. Uh, let, let me ask you this, Randy. How can Falcon fans look their uh, 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 owner in the face after blowing a 28-3 to Super Bowl lead? and say, yep, we're better off going ahead here with Desmond Ritter than, <laughs> than going after Lamar Jackson, who would probably uh, love to play for our team. They can't. They, 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 he, you're right. I mean, he can't, he can't res- realistically say that from a talent standpoint. He can't say it from a future of the no. franchise standpoint. There's so much that's different. They've, you know, Lamar Jackson and, and Aaron Rodgers have been in the same breath at least uh, from our side of things here on mm. campus because they've mm. been the two you know dominant quarterback storylines but they couldn't be more different because one is so very clearly at the end of his NFL career and Le- and, and, and and Lamar Jackson has such prime years in front of him that yeah. it truly does not make sense for any friend truly there are yeah. a handful of franchises who could say no we're good you know Kansas City yeah. Cincinnati whatever not yeah. Atlanta 
I, I would not rule out the possibility of very quietly behind the scenes working out the chance of, of making a trade here and making a deal before mm-hmm. the draft because then it would allow the Ravens the extra capital that I think they'll need in order to get a quarterback that they would actually want given their draft position. Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. That is Progressive.com slash careers. Canty and Carlin's on ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Randy Scott. We are presented by Progressive, and we're going out to the hotline. Baseball season is here. The Masters is here. Spring is here. Ryan McGee, of course, is the host of Marty and McGee Saturday mornings, 7 a.m. on ESPN Radio. Ryan, your partner is at the Masters hosting coverage from Augusta, and you're on with us. How did how did you get stuck with that job while he's living it up at Augusta? Well, it's not that bad. I'm I'm literally talking to y'all from the parking lot of McCormick Field, home of the Asheville Tourists. And if you ever seen Bull Durham, this is the ballpark where Crash Davis hit his last home run as a professional. <laughs> and uh, and I'm gonna in theory I'm gonna throw out the first pitch in about two and a half hours. Oh, and yes. uh, it's uh, it's. It looks like it might rain, and everybody would be really disappointed in that, but maybe not me because then I wouldn't have to throw the first pitch. I could just walk around and wave at everybody. Ryan, how ner- Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead, ahead, Randy. I'm well, sorry. I was, I was no, going to say for this first pitch, you know the rules, man. It, it, you got to go from the rubber if you can. And then when was the last time you actually threw a ball 60 feet, 6 inches? Um, It's been a minute. You know, my daughter played baseball, and I, I was I would, you know, I would pitch to her batting practice or whatever, but it's it's been a little bit. The, pro- the problem is, you mentioned Marty McGee. The problem is, Marty is the most competitive human on the planet that isn't named Michael Jordan. And so Marty keeps reminding me, and I did not witness this, I don't even know if it's true, but he keeps reminding me that he threw out the first pitch at a Georgia-Florida college baseball game. And, of course, according to Marty, it was the greatest first pitch that anyone's thrown since <laughs> whenever the last time Sandy Koufax did it, right? So anyhow, no, my, my whole goal is uh, I just don't want to bounce it. I don't really care. You know, so, well, I used to – so when I was – the book is about when I was worked in minor league baseball. And mm-hmm. I was a lot of times – I was in charge of walking the person out there to throw out the first pitch. And it was usually like, you know, the CEO of the local hospital chain or, or you know, guy from the car dealership or whatever. And you would always hand them the ball and just say, throw it high. You know, because it's going to be hard for you to throw it over the catcher's head. But maybe I'll just go full bull Durham. And, uh, and you know, if, the, if Teddy Tourist, the mascot, is standing, you know, over by home plate, I'll try to hit him instead of throwing it over the plate. Welcome to the Circus of Baseball is the book. Ryan McGee, Marty and McGee, uh, the host on ESPN Radio, is the author. Ryan, share with us, give us a little glimpse of a story of what it's like to grind every day working for a minor league baseball team. Well, I mean, first of all, I, I actually, as I mentioned, Teddy Tourist, he's on the cover of the book. It's a bear who's a tourist. We have lots of bears in Western North Carolina in the mountains. And he wears a Hawaiian shirt and carries a suitcase and a camera and a sunglasses <laughs> and all that. Well, we had a local actor who took it way too serious, like, you know, like Daniel Day-Lewis method acting. And he didn't show up for photo day. So the, the, the manager, the general manager of the team was like, does anybody have a here any mascot uh, experience? And I said, well, I was the Traveler's Rest High School Devil Dog for two games, my senior year of high school, because the guy who did it got mono. He's like, all right, put the costume on. 
So I have a baseball card. Like I, and, and that kind of sums it up. Like you, you, know, you don't know it's me, but I know it's me. You can tell that the costume was built for someone much larger than me. And, yeah, I mean, you pulled the tarp. You cook hot dogs. You made the juice for the snow cones, which, by the way, the juice for the snow cones, if you have small children, uh, pro tip, do not buy them a snow cone after the fifth inning because the way you mix the snow cone juice is it is a five-pound bag of sugar that goes into a one-gallon jug of hot water. That, I don't, I'm not good at math. Oh, that's a lot of sugar. Oh, that's crack. Is what it is. <laughs> and so you know, so it was. So we would, and you throw a little tiny little packet of like you know blueberry flavoring in there. But that's you did everything at the ballpark. Yeah. Uh, we and, and the other part was you took care of the the visiting like uh, entertainment act. And the book opens with we had a guy named Captain Dynamite and his exploding coffin of death. And this guy was 73 years old and looked like he was 140. <laughs> and he would lay down in a coffin. I'm putting coffin in air quotes, a uh, box uh-huh. full of old school Wild E Coyote dynamite and would blow himself up <laughs> behind second base. And and they gave him smelling salts and all that. And he woke up and he's walking off the field. I'm running past him and I go, hey, great job. And he just shrugged his shoulders. And the woman with him said, he said you did a great job. And that's when I realized <laughs> that Captain Dynamite could not hear <laughs> He's Ryan McGee. The book is Welcome to the Circus of Baseball. Uh, as someone who's been around it at some of the local, you know, TV stops that I had in my career, Ryan, like the Fort Myers Miracle standout, uh, you know, ties to the Vec family in minor league baseball and just their level of, uh, you know, uh, promotion. And that seems to be a, just a, a, a theme throughout minor league baseball, no matter where you are, no matter what level it is. They had Billy Donovan night. Remember Billy Donovan, who 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 sort of went back on a deal to coach the Orlando Magic. So if you bought a ticket and then walked out of your seat and out of the ballpark, they'd give you two tickets to a future game and let you back in. So That's you, the you, 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 you get these creative promotions. I'm just wondering what promotional stories you might have in the book from anywhere in, in minor league baseball. All right, so so my boss was a guy named Ron McKee. We lost Ron a couple of years ago, but Ron was a titan. Like, you talk to people in minor league baseball, Ron was on, on the Mount Rushmore of, like, minor league baseball P.T. Barnums. And he cleaned up the ballpark. The ballpark here in Asheville was a rough place, man. It was drunk hillbillies and, you know, smoking cigarettes and weed and whatever else. And Ron came in and cleaned the place up and made it family friendly. But Ron came up with shirt off your back night, which is uh-huh. the players were playing the game and then literally just pull their jerseys off and give them away to people in the stands. And Ron, Ron is the – people all over the world are, should thank Ron McKee because Ron is the one who came up with and copyrighted Thirsty Thursday. So if you go to oh. a baseball game and you're drinking beer on the cheap, my old boss, Ron McKee, came up with that. In fact, when I walk into the office uh, here at McCormick Field in a few minutes, there's the, the framed certificate from the U.S. Patent Office for Thirsty Thursday – is hanging on the wall. So if you're tonight, anybody who's drunk at a minor league baseball game, uh, tip of the cap to my old boss, Ron McKee. Is the key, Ryan, to minor league baseball family friendly, or is the key Thirsty Thursdays, or do you have to be able to do both? You have to be able to do both. And, and I think about my daughter, who's, who's 18 now, but she, her whole life, you know, we don't have a major league baseball team in the Carolinas. I live in Charlotte. And that's why part of why I love minor league baseball so much was when I was a kid, my dad would just say, all right, we've never seen the Fayetteville Generals. We've never seen the Port City Roosters. You know, we've never seen the Burlington Indians. Let's get in the car and go. And so we, at one point in my childhood, we had 12 minor league teams right there in the state of North Carolina, of course, the Durham Bulls. But my daughter, 
has grown up going to minor league baseball, and she has always loved going on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights, when she was little, she didn't want to go because, you know, the adults were having a good time. And so I think there's the balance of, of that. And sometimes, quite frankly, big league sports lose sight of that. And sometimes big league games, even big-time college football games, that's not a super fun place for kids. It's not, and the adults kind of ruin it for them. And so minor league baseball is the last place where we go. You get the whole family in for about 20 bucks, and you don't have to worry about free agency. You don't have to worry about NIL. You don't have to worry about um, did anybody over-celebrate after winning a national championship in basketball. You have to worry about it. all the stuff we talk about in Sports Talk Radio. When you go to a minor league baseball game, it's a reset button. You just sit there and just enjoy yourself and let your kids – shake the hands of the mascot and get on the jumbotron and buy him a hot dog and a snow cone before the fifth inning. And it's just, it's, it's why we love sports and that still exists in minor league baseball. So Ryan, quickly, I want to ask you where you feel like the threat is to major league baseball and maybe how safe major league baseball is in the face of that threat. Well, the, the threat is that that major league baseball took over operation of minor league baseball two years ago. Um, you know, minor league baseball ran itself. The National Association now it is being run by, minor, by by Major League Baseball, and you know the first thing they did was they slashed forty one teams. So like Burlington, Vermont, Centennial Field, the oldest continually used ballpark in the minor leagues, it is a it is a baseball show palace, and they lost their team, the Lake Monsters, because Major League Baseball thought the ballpark was antiquated. Lancaster, California, the Jetthawks, they lost their team. That's where all the military families would go on weeknights in the summertime. They lost their team because Major League Baseball said it was too hard to get scouts there for a weeknight game. You know, here in Asheville, the city of Asheville had to come up with almost $35 million to make improvements. I'm putting improvements there close to the ballpark. But Major League Baseball told them, if you don't, if you don't do this list of things you, that we're saying you have to do, you're going to lose your team. They've had a team since 1924. So that's, that's the only thing that threatens minor league baseball is Major League Baseball. And I just hope that – the, the accountants at Rockefeller Center at MLB headquarters get on a plane and go to a Yard Goats game and go to see the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes and go see the Asheville <laughs> Tourists and go see the Lansing Lugnuts and understand what these teams mean to these towns instead of just, you know, getting a calculator out and, and making a hard move. The other night it was uh, at Akron Rubber Ducks uh, night, uh, Ryan. It was they, they didn't tell you what the promotion was until you got there. It was mystery promotion night. <laughs> you had to roll the dice and see if, if eventually you liked what you saw. The book is called Welcome to the Circus of Baseball, a story of the perfect summer at the perfect ballpark at the perfect time. It is out, and Ryan McGee, uh, co-host of Marty and McGee, is the author. He is with us on ESPN Radio. Thank you, Ryan. We'll talk soon. Thank you, boys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. There he goes, Ryan McGee. Up next, one of the hosts of Shark Tank could be getting eaten soon (laughs) by, I feel like there's some end to this tease that I want to, we'll talk Mark Cuban coming up. After you hear Randy tell you more about FanDuel, go ahead. Get me the hell out of this. I am on this show, and I am not changing the channel one bit. All right. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays 
are back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash play to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. You know, he might be the king of Shark Tank, but Mark Cuban couldn't get the most important deal of the Mavericks season done in time. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Sports Center anchor Randy Scott. We are, as I mentioned, presented by Progressive. Boy, Mark Cuban was making some excuses, Randy, today, I mm-hmm. thought. You know, Jalen Brunson ends up leaving Dallas, going to New York. He was great this year for the Knicks. They're going to be the five seed. They're going to be in the playoffs. And the Mavericks probably aren't even going to make the play in. And they've got a ton of different problems. The biggest one is that Brunson ended up leaving in free agency. And Cuban was making a bunch of excuses about, you know, that uh, uh, his godfather is Leon Rose and Rick Brunson, Jalen Brunson's dad, was hired by the Knicks. And ultimately, I don't think any Dallas fan cares (laughs) about why Jalen Brunson left. The fact of the matter was it was the Mavs organization's job to keep him there, and they did not get the job done. Bottom line. Bottom line. Luca's been open about it too. There, there, there's been some mystery as to what has ailed Luca. He seemed, I mean, quite frankly, sad. You know, he's he said as much post game that there are things going on uh, off the basketball court as well that have just taken away from his joy of playing. And it's mm-hmm. easy, trust me, as somebody who's not necessarily the biggest supporter of all things Kyrie, it's easy to point to it and say this is what happens. You know, when you pair an up and coming, you know, talented star with someone like Kyrie Irving. And I really don't think it is Kyrie. I think that uh, I think the way the Jalen Brunson situation was handled and Doncic saying as much, saying I miss playing with him. Yeah. Uh, we we all wish he was still here. I mean, you rarely hear that honesty and that transparency. And I'm not saying that would have fixed the Mavericks, but I think 
the fact that for so long Mark Cuban has been seen as a destination for NBA free agents to lose one the way he did and now yeah. handle it the way he is, it, it doesn't it, it doesn't reflect well on a guy who has been a popular owner in the NBA. I mean, the, the fact, Randy, is that they misevaluated their own player. And when you do that and he goes somewhere else and you didn't get it done – you know, you kind of got to take the L. And, boy, Cuban was, you know, trying to show proof in text messages and this and that. And, I mean, they, you know, okay, if uh, if Jalen Brunson wanted to be where his dad was, then maybe you should have been the one to hire Jalen Brunson's dad. Like, this is the NBA in 2023. Who is most to blame? You know, the, the Mavericks went Western Conference Finals last year. Maybe it was early for them in their development and in Luca's development for them to go that far in the playoffs. But this year, Randy, almost as improbably, they come up so short, they're not even in the play-in in the West. Whose fault is this? Yeah, I, I do think it is. I do think that you can lay at Kyrie's feet. They're, they have five wins when these two have lined up together. When Luke and Kyrie, in the 16 games where they both played, they're 5-11. and 11. And uh, you, you have two ball-dominant Guards, you have two ball dominant players, and to run them on the floor, to throw this at Jason Kidd midstream and say, "Hey, figure out your rotations, figure out how you're going to use these guys," because it's not efficient basketball to have them on the floor at the same time. As weird as that may sound, say, "Hey, great, more is more." Two NBA All Stars, no, like they, they, you have to rotate them in certain ways, and it also it, it impacts who you bring in off the bench. Tim Hardaway Jr.'s had trouble finding yeah. a rhythm. So I, I I, I think it's not Kyrie's fault. It is bringing in Kyrie that has submarined their season. And yeah, to, to me- fall so precipitously from where they were last year in the in the, in the the postseason yeah. to, yeah. as you say, not making it into the play-in, oh, that's, that's glaring. So, you know, I, I think Mark Cuban is a good owner, and he's been great for sports. I mean, he's changed the game in terms of management player relationships forever, and I'm, I'm not going to question how brilliant a business guy he is and all of that. But I, I think that it's been a cultural problem in Dallas now for a while. You know, they had all of these scandals uh, that have cropped up. Uh, Rick Carlisle, one of the most well-respected coaches in all of sports, wants out of there as quickly as possible. Uh, He's hiring guys like off Twitter and podcasts to try to come in and run his front office. There's been some weird stuff with Cuban here, and I actually am going to lay this at his feet as much as anybody else's, when you dig into the numbers, Randy, Kyrie has actually played relatively well since he got it. It's Luca who's been miserable and hasn't been playing well. Cuban, uh, the owner of the Mavericks, of course, addressed Luka Doncic's frustration and the speculation that is now flying all over the place that he wants out of Dallas. That's the NBA. People are going to get frustrated. The best competitors are frustrated. Dirk, when we lost, never left the season happy. He didn't always have great chemistry every single season. That's just the nature of the NBA. Players don't talk like that. You know, it's just like, hey, I'm here for the next 17 years. You know, he'd like to be here the whole time, but we got to earn that. I mean, before Giannis won, everybody thought, where's he going? Where's he going? He's not staying. He's not staying. Jokic, well, they haven't won. He's da 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 Every single player, Dirk, right? There's just no player, no great player, no superstar where they don't question what are you going to do if you haven't won yet. I guess I'd agree with that. I think that this is always a process with every NBA superstar. This side of Steph Curry, most of them, Randy, don't play their whole career in one place. 
It's just if the Mavericks continue on this trajectory, Luka will be playing somewhere else before you know. He will, and he could stand a little introspection. I, I don't want to absolve him from the issues uh, that have befallen this team. But, you know, Jason Kidd is not an elite NBA head coach. Okay, he had a difficult set of circumstances thrown his way with Kyrie. Sure, if you're Kyrie, you just want to play and showcase yourself to get the next big contract, perhaps a max contract. Maybe Dallas is the one to do that. But if you're Luka, you have to stop complaining every time down the floor. Yeah, you have to stop becoming it. Stop continuing your evolution into one of the whiniest players in the league. And maybe it's a maybe it's a spiraling concept. The idea that he's unhappy is manifesting itself. And again, being among the league leaders in technical fouls and literally taking himself off the floor, because when you get to 16 or 17, that's when the automatic suspension kicks in. But he removes himself even short of a technical foul from being competitive on the floor. I mean, it is a yeah. maddening watch for someone yeah. who has towed the line between a captivating, you know, if you have if you have NBA league pass, you're going to want to watch Luka Doncic in this season. It, it appears to be a corner that's been turned where he's just been insufferable at times. Entire games, just totally. a, a cloud hanging over his head. You know, he's fun to watch, but he's also maddening to watch. And I the other thing that I think is important for him, Randy, is he has to play both ends of the floor. You take on the character of your best player. And Dallas, if you don't score 140 points on Dallas these days, then you don't have NBA caliber offensive guys. They just don't play any defense, and they don't have great leadership. And if I were them, I would make a coaching change, but I'd also, you know, I'd try to find somebody that could push Luka a little bit to get better and to care about playing defense because until he does – I don't know what they're going to be able to do in terms of turning the corner in Dallas. Up next, the Bucks have clinched the NBA's best record, but are they going to be on their way to the NBA Finals? We get you ready for the East playoffs next. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Randy Scott on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. You can put us on your smart speaker. All you have to do is say, play ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is SportsCenter's Randy Scott. Randy, the Bucks have the best record in the NBA, 58-22. and 22. 
with a couple of games remaining. They have a chance to win 60 games this season. The Celtics are right there, though. They're only three games behind them. They clinched the two seed. In your mind, who should be the favorite in the East? Because Boston, remember, did beat Milwaukee coming back from the 3-2 deficit last year. It, it is Milwaukee. Um, it, it is Milwaukee. I think Giannis is playing at a different level than he was last season. And when they are full Voltron, and it's only been 35 games where Chris Middleton has even been available, but when they go full strength, when they have Drew Holiday, Giannis, and Chris Middleton, they are the best team in the Eastern Conference. And to have home court, where it actually means something, it's not a... It's not an antiseptic vibe there. I'm trying to think of an Eastern Conference setup where that would be the Atlanta case. Atlanta would be that one was, where I That's where it came. Yes. That was the first right. thing that came to mind. Maybe maybe Brooklyn, but they've bought into what this, you know, Kyrie and Durantless team is doing. Uh mm-hmm. but it, it to me it's it, to me it's Milwaukee and that's why though Bucks fans, dear nation, seeing Middleton hobbling again last night. Like he gets credit for playing in these games. So he has 35 games. He's left a handful of them early and a lot yeah. of them have been recently. He has to be a hundred percent in order for them to get out of the East. Look, I have plenty of respect for Tatum and Brown beating Giannis four times in seven games might be the hardest thing to do in all of sports right now. If they had a draft to pick mm-hmm. one player in the NBA, you know, like they, Sometimes people do this in 2K, right? Everybody becomes a free agent, and you get to go through a draft with all the teams in the league. Right? LeBron was the first pick forever. Giannis is the first pick now. I mean, the guy's throwing up 50 points in a playoff game like it's kind of nothing. And say what you want, yeah, Boston beat him last year, but to have to go through Giannis in Milwaukee is maybe the tallest task there is in sports. It's it's, it's doable. Boston... Has the star power to compete? Like I, I would take Boston's ceiling, Boston's combination. You say of Tatum and Brown, and I would say that they can. Oh man, I would not neutralize Giannis, but they can at least match him point for point, score for score, impact for impact. What's different? Right. What's different about these Celtics size wise? We don't know what we're gonna get from Robert Williams if you're a Celtics fan, right? Or if you're a Celtics coach, quite frankly. Uh, right. the, the Time Lord is in and out of the lineup dealing with his own knee issues, and Al Constantly. Horford has shown signs finally of yeah. of playing like his age, of playing like his age. Uh, that no one has anybody to defend Giannis anyway. The, the other key, I think, for the Bucks this year has been, I think this is the best Drew Holiday has ever been. I thought they were kind of crazy for making the trade they made when they made it. He has been fantastic. Was a bona fide all-star this year. Talk about a guy that plays both ends of the floor. He's become, Randy, a guy that could give you 30 and shut down the other team's best player on any given night. His impact on the defensive end, the way he's locked up, because some of these haven't been, you know, runaway, uh, you know, wins by 50, you know, for for Giannis and company. They've been squeakers, and sometimes they've played down to the level of competition that's come into the Cream City. But to see Holiday come up with late fourth quarter strips, I'm thinking of Trey Young. I'm thinking of Marcus Smart. He has done it to some of the best in the game, certainly the best in the Eastern Conference. And his impact on the defensive end, I can't think of another guard in the NBA that is better two-way the way he is. Obviously, there are better scorers, but someone where a true plus-minus comes into play because he's that good on the defensive end, I don't think anybody in the East can match it. Sixers fans might get mad at me for saying this on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Randy Scott. I have trouble taking Philly seriously as a playoff team to win four rounds in a row. 
uh, just because they need James Harden to be really good, and he has never been good in the playoffs in his entire career. I'm waiting for the three for 11, seven points, two assists, 10 turnover game for him in just about every playoff game he plays. You had a tremendous point about what the Sixers may be valuing even more than seeding right now. And I yeah. and, and that's and I mean I'll, I'll let you say it, but I think the reason why that has come to pass and why they've taken off the board the NBA MVP bets at a lot of sports books because yeah. Joel Embiid has run away and hidden from the rest yeah. of the competition. But I think yeah. James Harden's evolution into a twelve assist a night guy yeah. has greatly benefited. Those assists are going to Joel Embiid. More than five a game are going to Joel Embiid, yeah. and I don't know that that is sustainable in a seven-game series. Can you do that four out of seven, or yeah. is the book going to be out to where we just have to, I don't know, do we do we double off the ball on Embiid? Do we double on Harden to force him to give it up? How yeah. do we get the how do we get the help side defense that we want? How do we get the rotation? I don't know, but I don't know that teams are going to allow Harden yeah. to fixate on Embiid the way he has. I think one of these three teams is going to win the title. I would say that fairly confidently. Uh, I also think that, you know, how they're officiated matters a lot to the Sixers because mm-hmm. if Embiid's getting to the line 12 times a game in the playoffs, they're going to be even harder to beat. But my, my read was that they care as much about Embiid winning the MVP as anything. And if I was Daryl Morey, I'd get off the campaign to try to get Joel Embiid the MVP and try to get my team ready to win in the playoffs because as good as Embiid's been, he's never even been to the third round to the conference finals. Up next, have the Panthers finally made a decision on who they're taking at number one? We've got a little new intel, and it's next. Canty and Carlin's on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.